0: So, <clears throat> I find it interesting that we continually invent and almost immediately, in your case, reinvent superheroes. So, last year we had Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, Black Panther, and The Avengers Infinity War. And this year, so far, we've had Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and, of course, Shazam! Thank you, guys, for producing all these. I will be watching none of them because I prefer real-life dramas like Game of Thrones with actual dragons. <laughs> I have long thought that it is significant that the desire to drink points to the existence of fluids that can satisfy our thirst and also that the desire to eat points to the existence of substances that can satisfy our hunger. I find that quite a powerful apologetic argument for why there is a God. This suggests to me that the lifelong desire to give meaning to our lives points to the existence of someone who can tell us who we are and what we're for. You follow the logic, right? So in the same way, I think that the universal desire to create heroes who are in some ways just like us, but who have special powers, shows us that deep down we know that we are meant to do things that we could not possibly do ourselves. I also think that the stories that non-Christians tell about life often more poignantly and blatantly signpost who we really are more than the stories that churches tell. Because churches find it hard to avoid the censorship of true stories because of dead religion. Churches obviously don't mind telling the story of Jesus' freedom and power but they just don't tell the story of how we can experience his freedom and power ourselves. And this is the distinctive of bread. It is certainly going to tell this story, which is why somebody who was an atheist can come to a church like this and find the answer to their questions, or happily carry on going to lots of other churches and not do so, because there isn't necessary, necessarily the reality that people need to experience. Religion trades relationship, freedom, and power for obligation, rules, and performance. And I'm sure that I yesterday morning when I was referencing church pain and the need to leave it behind in order to move into communal peace, I'm sure some of you have had horrendous experiences of church Um, mistreatment. I'm sure you have, and if we all stood up and told our stories one after another, I'm sure we would be shocked and devastated to hear how terrible they are. There's somebody in my church who, when she was 18, was told to go into a room with the elders of her church, who said to her that God was telling her to marry the leader's son. And that meant breaking off a relationship with a man that she actually married ten years later, and um, having a terrible relationship with this guy who was a lunatic because the church leaders told her to. It was just wrong at every single level. And there are multiple stories of that kind. And that's what we were seeking to find healing for yesterday, partly so that we can go on into a happier future. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants to empower us, not just to bear witness to Jesus, which the church tends to say, or to forgive people. The church also tends to say that as well, who've hurt us. But also to give every single person here stories of the kind that we've just heard. Honestly, any one of you can pray for people like people prayed for people yesterday and be used by God to, to bring those sorts of experiences into the lives of people who are expecting it, not expecting it, believers, unbelievers, those kinds of stories. They are stories of liberation. Do not think I will, I will be delighted To think, I go up to a complete stranger, Tim, the champion of karaoke, Prince, Tim. I go up to Prince, who I've not spoken to, and I feel the spirit say to me, He has been persecuted and I actually got it wrong to start with, which is I rebuked the people who persecuted you, and then I thought, I don't think Jesus actually did that. I think he tried to forgive the people who persecuted you. So I said, sorry, I take that back. I rebuke the experience of persecution that you have just experienced. I believe you've experienced. And to know that he did have an experience of being persecuted, it show, even though it's not, nobody was killing him, right? They were just a bit unkind to him. But the fact is, it shows that God knows, doesn't it? He, he saw it and he knows. It's reassuring. And these words from God that's what they're meant to do they're meant to show you that God knows you that's it really and to give you confidence that because God knows you and he's confirming things that you already know that that he is with you that's the point I think when we believe that God is really with us we're quite dangerous in a good way Anyway, look, the point of these things, what we were doing yesterday, the point was to try to enter into communal peace by processing the pain of the past, to seek to enter into personal peace by coming to the cross, by coming to the place of peace, the place where peace is made, so that we can leave behind the things that separate us from God. You know that, and you all participated in it really fully. I was... was um, I, I quite stunned by the level of participation that you engaged in. I, honestly, I was. I'm actually surprised to hear that some people um, were, found it quite difficult. I'm surprised because you didn't look like you were finding it difficult. So you obviously, you know, have a good game face, some of you. But basically, it was. It, I just thought you really went for it. You did, and it was stretching. What I asked people to do was challenging, and you engaged with it. Well done, you. I am really was impressed with your openness and your desire to meet with God, which I would never question. Um, unfortunately, a lot of you have not been in places where people can help you actually experience God. And so, you know, again, we are fortunate because we were taught how to do this. It's not from us. It's not from uh, Ed, Hannah, and I. We were taught these things, and we're simply passing on what, what we were taught. But the joy of passing it on is absolutely phenomenal. Let me tell you, it's a phenomenal thing to see God use you. And I'm saying to you, that's what makes us superheroes, in the power of the Spirit. We actually are superheroes. We are ordinary normal F-ups, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we are used by Almighty God. And what I want to know is, do you want to join in? Because you can. It's not just about having weird experiences you can't explain. The point is to be filled with the Spirit of God, to be empowered by God, to be used by God, to see God move in almighty power. And sometimes it is that people feel the love of God or they feel power going through them or they fall over yeah i mean i i like that i mean the more the merrier as far as i'm concerned i just like it to to be dramatically powerful Uh, my preference god my preference i always say this to him my preference god if you are listening to me my preference is for drama i like drama however there isn't always drama but if people are going to be frightened i prefer them to have something real to be frightened about but anyway there was a bit of drama yesterday god um Anyway, 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 my point is it's not that. That's not that messy process by which people cry and cry and cry, do strange things, sometimes shout or scream, um, as God's power releases them and heals them. That is not the end of the game. It's not the aim of the game. The aim of the game is that we would be equipped to do what Jesus did, not just preaching the gospel, but also healing the sick and casting out demons and all the other things he did. Listen to me. Do I look normal to you? Just check. Look like a normal human being. Just both sides. The thing is that effectively, um, if if people don't know me, I have got used to telling people 20 minutes of the worst things I've ever done or I'm currently doing before I talk about any miraculous stories so that people cannot confuse me with what God does through me. I haven't got time to do that now. You'll be delighted to know. But effectively, I just want to say, last summer, was it last summer? summer before last, can't remember, they merged into one at my age, basically, um, uh, summer before last, I was speaking at a conference, and um, I'd finished, and when I finished, man, have I finished, and I know when I finished, and that's like, go away before you start hurting people, so basically, uh, I'd spoken, I got off the stage, I prayed for people, and it was time for me to go and get a coffee, and basically, this woman comes up to me with her friend, and her friend is obviously a Christian, because she's like praising the Lord out loud as she turns up, and is not my kind of person. And she's got this other person who's got massive cow eyes. And basically, she's looking at me as if to say, if you will pray for me, I know things will happen. And she's got her, praise the Lord, hello, your friend with her. I'm thinking, just, I just need a coffee. No. Anyway, so basically, but because I am so like Jesus, I finally agreed to pray. I didn't speak to her. I didn't ask what she wanted prayer for. I just basically said, okay, I'll pray for you, but I'm actually, I'm going in a moment. And so basically, I asked her to open her hands, close her eyes. So I invited the Spirit to come like we did yesterday. She falls to the floor, but she's falling forward, and she's going to hit her head on the stage, which gave me a clue that maybe this was not normal for her, because normal Christians don't do it like that. Anyway, so, but the other guy, woman's going, hallelujah, praise God, Lord," etc. Anyway, so basically I catch her graciously, lie her on the floor, and I realize she actually can't move. And I don't find out what's going on. I just basically go off and get my coffee. Anyway, so I find out what's gone on though because she comes to find me and she looks different and I can't even recognize her. She comes up to me that evening and she says, I had a horse riding accident, I have metal in my back, I cannot stand up for three minutes without being in agony and I have stood up all day and I have no pain. And I'm thinking, okay, that's quite good. I see her every day for a week. She's getting better and better. By the end of the week, she's dancing in the worship. She hasn't taken any medication. She's 100% fine. I see her the next year. She's been pain-free for a year. She has sensation where the metal is was in her back. That's quite serious, isn't it? I mean, what about that? And imagine that's actually true. You know, isn't that incredible? I was going to get a coffee. I could have missed that. Can I say most of the most dramatic things I've ever seen? I actually had a serious dilemma about going somewhere else. Now, let's just pretend I'm not lying to you. Would you not like to be used by God to bring healing to people like that? Would that not be quite interesting? Yes, no? Might quite like to be used? I've been training people for 34 years. To do this right and where people actually take it seriously god does actually use them people like alice for example you know just a normal student in london but here she is doing this it's because she was set on fire because of what she saw god do amongst a group of students which included some phenomenal healings now this is not a talk about healing if it was a talk about healing i would be immediately saying to you many people we pray for are not healed Okay? I don't know why. No one knows why. Anyone that tells you that knows why is actually wrong. Basically, it's a mystery. No one knows. It doesn't matter. You just ask the Spirit to come. Sometimes they are. Because they are, you always give it a shot. But basically, the fact is, sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. And it's always good to pray. It's always good to pray for people, but you need to do it in a loving way. You never need, have you got a demon? Have you got an unforgiven sin? You never need any of that rubbish. You just need to pray for people in the name of Jesus and see what happens. But you do need to show up. And I have seen that God uses people who show up. So do you want to do the ministry of Jesus? Because ultimately, that's what I'm interested in. I see yesterday as a prelude to talking about today, if I'm being really honest. And those of you who experience the power of God, it's really to set you apart to do the works of the kingdom of God. That's what it's for. And obviously, others of you who've experienced the power of God at other times and other places as well. So, um, <clears throat> I want you all to have stories like that. Um, What about this one? Um, I heard a friend of mine told me this story last week. So he went skiing and uh, he's never really gone skiing, went straight off the edge of a cliff. So basically 15 meter drop, lands on his spine, excruciating agony, ends up in hospital in France, and, you know, it's French, so they're giving him a lot of morphine, but they don't know what to do, the French. They probably just think he's English, just send him back, we don't care. Anyway, so in the end, they send him back because they didn't care, and they didn't know how to treat him. Nobody knew what to do. Should we operate, should we not operate? They made a special cast for him. And basically, he has to be, for months, he's just got a job, just got a Christian girlfriend, having basically grown up with it, rejected it. Christian girlfriend, new job, can't do any of it. And basically, he is effectively going, w- w- what am I doing now? Anyway, so, for want of something better to do, he goes along um, with his new girlfriend to a, just a, sm- a home group. Who's in a home group? Who's in a small group here? Ever been in a small group? Just put a hand in the air. Yeah. Been in a small group, right? A small group. You know what they're like. Do people turn up? Don't know. Do you like the food? Probably not. What about that weirdo in your small group? You know, small groups. That's what they like, isn't it? So basically, they go to the small group. And basically he's saying, well, I'd like you to pray for me that I won't go crazy while I'm wearing this cast and that I will you know, be able to cope with what's happening. They ignore that completely, pray for him to be healed. The next day he goes to see the doctor. The doctor says, how are you? And he says, well, this is the first day in which I've experienced no pain. Do you mind if I take the cast off? That's fine. Takes the cast off, does all the exercises you, a normal human being could do. The doctor cannot understand it. He's got the x-ray with the crack in the spine and the three f- um, fused vertebrae. And then he's got the other x-ray um, which is completely normal. Small group prayer. What about that? Wouldn't you like to be engaged in something like that? You're not sounding enthusiastic. Isn't that interesting to be involved in something, to see God, the God you believe in? Do you remember, you signed up to follow Jesus, right? Isn't it fun to see Jesus actually do some things and to include you? It's, a, it's, it's really true. Here's one I heard last Sunday from a woman in my church. She, um, she was in a prayer room. Ever been to a prayer room? Okay, I'm with the prayer room, so I'm just going to but the church has decided to pray, so I'm going to the prayer room. Ever been in one of those situations? We're going to pray. So prayer room. So she's in a prayer room on her own. A woman comes in and she she is so crippled, this is all she can do. She doesn't speak English. she's come from an, she's come from an Iranian service that's happening next door. Um, but she comes in, and you know, my friend looks at her. And the woman can't look at her. And basically, she says, Jesus says to her, rebuke a spirit of infirmity. So in English, she rebukes a spirit of infirmity. This woman has no clue what's being said. She basically stands straight up, starts shouting and screaming and running around the room. Then she runs out of the room, Goes onto the stage, takes the microphone from the person speaking and says, and says in Iranian, I've just been healed. If any of you want healing, you need to go into that prayer room. So everybody, everybody goes into the prayer room and so basically they can't fit in the prayer room. So they have to go back out to where they were. And this woman prayed for every single sick person in the room and every single one of them was healed. It's a miracle, isn't it? Prayer room, Christian prayer room. What do you think? Is that interesting to you? Now these are big stories, but still, wouldn't it be fun to be used by God? You don't look like you think it'd be much fun. Surely it'd be fun, wouldn't it? Don't you think it's more fun than church? Seriously, I mean, you've got to go to church, haven't you? But wouldn't it be fun to see God doing things? I think it is. And the truth is we have all seen these things. All of us who have signed up to be used by God have seen these things versions of these things it's wonderful to be used by God and that is really what we want as the leaders of this thing we want you to be used by God that's it it's not like you come to watch us be used by God we want to train you how to be used by God how to be prophetic in worship how to pray for people when they come forward for prayer how to follow the spirit in your life how to hear the voice of God how to discern what the Holy Spirit is doing when you're at work etc etc so um How can you get involved? Well, let's start with points 1 to 300 in terms of importance. Jesus did nothing until the Holy Spirit came upon him at his baptism. That's points 1 to 300. Jesus did nothing, nothing, write down nothing. Jesus did nothing until the Holy Spirit came upon him at his baptism. And then Jesus said to the disciples, I want you to do nothing until the Holy Spirit comes upon you on the day of Pentecost, right? So just hang around in Jerusalem and do no thing until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Write down nothing again. Nothing is points 1 to 300, and then that is points 301 to 1,000. Nothing without the Holy Spirit. Points 1 to 1,000. They're filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and quite frankly, it is not a tame affair. It involves a fire burning on people's heads, and it involves a wind blowing in the room that is like a gale. No wonder they left the room. They were probably terrified. Now, we tend to religify this experience of Pentecost, little flame on the head. If you imagine looking around now and seeing the the heads of your friends on fire, I don't think you'd be very happy. And if a a wind really started blowing in this room, as opposed to the freezing air conditioning, basically, you would be getting out of here because it would be dangerous and that's what the disciples did they got out and then they couldn't stop speaking in languages they couldn't speak and found that they were declaring the praise of Jesus in multiple tongues not that they were thinking about it they didn't think oh I think I might have a go they just came out of them and they found they were preaching the first sermons in languages they hadn't even learnt, and 3,000 people joined the church that's because the Holy Spirit came upon them Nothing in Christianity happens without the Spirit, but because of religion, most churches do not teach about the work of the Spirit. However, we really do need special empowerment to be superheroes, so we need to be comfortable with the Holy Spirit. Some of you haven't bought enough copies of my book which tell you how to do this in detail. Can you please buy at least 20 so that I don't have to carry them home? So it's not just our lack of expectation or the impact of religion, though, is it? It's actually we don't think we could possibly be used like this. It's fine for someone like me to be used like this, or Ed or Hannah or Alice, but not me, because I'm just a slug. Now, that's what we tried to deal with yesterday, the idea that, in fact, you are not a slug. You are a child of God, a son or a daughter of God, despite everything. And that's what we were receiving, the affirmation of God's love we were receiving yesterday. Ahem. We have to notice that often the world's superheroes have to transcend a very real weakness to fulfill their destiny. Isn't that interesting? See, non-Christians know. They know. So what you identify as your very real weakness, yeah? Every superhero's got a very real kryptonite. They really do. You're no different. It's crucial to realize all the disciples had a backstory. All their backstories are shockingly familiar. We take their faith in Jesus for granted, but in reality, they also oh so gradually came to believe. And it wasn't easy or obvious for them to realize that Jesus was fully divine as well as fully human. They became convinced based on what they saw and heard over a three-year period. And then, only without any doubt at all, after the resurrection, because quite frankly, after you've seen him raised from the dead several times, you probably know it's true. So, Anyone here ever totally failed Jesus? We did this yesterday. Ever totally failed Jesus? Their backstories include total failure, just like yours and mine, but worse. So James and John, nicknamed Sons of Thunder, violent men, wanted to see Jesus fulfill their power trip. Judas, who wanted to use Jesus to be his warlord. Thomas, who wanted Jesus to fully convince him with absolutely no doubt, the patron saint of our age, Peter, who denied Jesus three times and even struggled to be properly reinstated, as I mentioned yesterday, and Saul, who became Paul, who was a murderous, angry, religious zealot. They all had a backstory. Probably the most important conclusion to reach when we are pondering the big questions of life. What was your name again? Sorry, at the back. Yeah. Norbert. 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 Probably the most important conclusion to reach as we think about the big questions of life is that we are not, in fact, God. That's the most important thing to come to realize, especially if you were an atheist, as I was. Weaknesses and failures are good for one thing only. They help us to realize that we cannot control everything or make everything we want happen, that we are not God. That without him, we can do nothing, just like Jesus, just like his disciples. Without God, we can do nothing. It's quite good to say that to yourself a lot. I actually cannot do anything of any worth without god not by might human might not by power human power but by my spirit says the lord in the old testament they knew that right you've got to have the holy spirit otherwise you ain't going to be of any use this is why we bang on and on about the holy spirit it's why you can get prayed for at the end of every service because without the spirit we're wasting our time coming to a conclusion the disciples, despite their backstory, are fully restored to Jesus and forgiven by Him just as we were yesterday. You were all there, you heard me preach the gospel, and you responded to the gospel. And this morning in Blue Be Blue Book, my devotional book, the verses were all about the cross. So I believe I am on message. I believe that God has sent me here as an apostolic person to proclaim to you the gospel of Jesus, which focuses. On the cross of Jesus, which is the power of God and the wisdom of God. It's the wisdom of God because it's so unlike human wisdom. Human wisdom would all be about power demonstrations and total victory. Only God could think about the ultimate victory symbol being a place of total devastation, defeat and humiliation, which would become the power of God right? It's the power of God because only at the cross are people reconciled to the Father. There is no other way. There is no other way of having your sins forgiven or having the past healed other than through the cross of Jesus. That is why it's the power and the wisdom of God. And you heard that proclaimed and you had an invitation to respond to it and repent and come back to God and receive your identity as sons and daughters, didn't you? And you engaged in it together with me. Fantastic. Well done you. So, first of all, you were forgiven and restored and then we had a little bit of the Holy Spirit coming. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, the disciples just as we can be, which means that they went on to do all the impossible things that Jesus did, just like we can do. They are also filled with new praise of God, including speaking in tongues, like quite a few of you did yesterday, just like we can. They were given a new experience of God's voice. Peter is able to interpret the book of Joel. Well, how did he do that? Because he's a fisherman. He's got no training. It's because the Holy Spirit made it come alive to him, just as we can do. They had an unshakable confidence in the gospel of Jesus, which they have to declare because they're called to be witnesses of what they've seen and heard, the risen Jesus. They have to speak about what they've seen and heard, just like you do. If you've seen and heard the works of God, believe me, you need to tell people because you can't keep it to yourself. Um, I just want to tell you this story. So there's a friend of mine um, in the church. He's a worship leader in the church. And basically, uh, he's Australian. I know And basically, he went to um, speak to some Aborigines. Now, they didn't get on too well. And basically, um, uh, when he was there, he had a word of knowledge, which was that somebody there had a finger problem. And he went over to this guy and said, do you have a problem with your finger? So he shows him his hand. His finger has been sawn off. This finger here has been sawn off, his ring finger. And basically, he prays for the finger, thinking, oh, my goodness. Well, (laughs) I wasn't signing up for that. He feels the finger grow back. The finger grows back in front of him. He said it was disgusting. Literally grew back out. The guy gets his wedding ring out, pops it back on, leaves the meeting. He then finds out he's been beating his wife, which he never does again. What about that? Isn't that amazing? What an amazing thing. Now, this friend of mine is gay. Didn't tell anyone. But God used him like that when he's going around the country, teaching the model of ministry and praying for people. Just leave you with that. Do you have stories of the power of God at work through you? Do you need to shake off the influence of religion once and for all? Are you stuck somewhere in your backstory despite yesterday? Temptation will be to go right back. Let me tell you. The devil, your personal enemy, will be right at the door to tell you to pay no attention to what happened yesterday. It's not real. It will have no lasting effect. You are who you are. You belong to me, right? Now, if you wanna listen to that, you can. I wouldn't recommend it, but basically you can. You can do anything you want. I told you yesterday, I believe in you. You can choose anything you want. Don't go back to your backstory. Shake off the influence of religion. We did it yesterday, leave it. As Taylor Swift said, shake, shake, shake it off. Just shake it off. She knows. Is there anything stopping you then being more open to the power of the Spirit than you are now? Anything stopping you? Good. Because again, Jesus says, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Those who ask, people just like you. Let's de-chair ourselves and then we can ask the Spirit to come again.